0: thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great episode for you today, so whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching us on YouTube, we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, aka Mo. How's it going today, Mo?
1: Hey, what's going on, Amber? Uh, doing really well. I'm excited, as always, to be talking about leadership, so let's get right into it.
0: Okay, well, I want to start off with this quote because I I came across it this week and um, I, I thought it was really interesting. It's from Chris Hadfield and he was an astronaut and a former commander of the International Space Station. And he says this, ultimately, leadership is not about glorious crowning acts. It's about keeping your team focused on a goal and motivated to their best are motivated to do their best to achieve it, especially when the stakes are high and the consequences really matter. It is about laying the groundwork for others' success and then standing by and letting them shine. And I thought that was such a good quote, because I know when you and I first started talking, I really thought that I was including my team and everything that I did. And as we began to talk, I realized that it's so, leadership is so much more than just including people in the work. But it really is, like Chris says, to, to help them be focused on a goal and motivated to achieve that goal so that they can be successful, not just so that my goal is achieved or the work gets done. So today we're gonna actually talk about that. And we're gonna talk about a couple things that leaders promote. And and I said a couple, which means we're gonna talk about two things, not three. That's right. So, I know, we're, we're <laughs> simplifying, right? That's what we That's do, right. simplify That's what we do. the complexities. <laughs> so well, what is the first thing that leaders promote?
1: Yeah. What, what a great uh, opening. And that really is the essence of leadership, right? I mean, it's not about you because if it's about you, then you can just kind of get it done. But if it's about getting something else that's bigger than you done, then you definitely need a team. And when you have a team, it's promoting their success and helping them shine. So I, I, I really love that. And I mean, if you're an astronaut, I mean, <laughs> that that's really being part of a team. I, obviously, Um, one of my favorite, uh, movies that we've talked about several times and it's, there's a ton of leadership and it's one of those astronaut movies is Apollo 13. And I mean, you, you think about those guys and how they were all up there, for instance, and they had to be a team, right? And there's, there was no individual piece. And so I just love that. So I just, I had to get that out of the way. And plus, um, if you've never seen Apollo 13, which I don't know how that would be possible, um, put it on your list for this weekend, um, as your listening and watching material. So with that being said, uh, the, the first thing uh, that leaders promote here is this great leaders promote the dream. And I I know people always talk about, Oh, don't, don't be a dreamer. You know, don't, don't be thinking about all these things. Keep your, you know, we need to get things done here. And, and, and sometimes we tell kids, you know, don't, you know, don't be thinking about things that aren't gonna happen. I'm like, man, no dream. If you want to be a great leader, you've got to have the dream. In fact, uh, Brian Tracy, uh, who is a famed uh, leadership guru and author says this all successful people men and women are dreamers and so for those of you out there right now uh, really you know what are the dreams that you have had in your life growing up we all had dreams right and some of those dreams are shattered <laughs> and rightly so but some of those dreams we we probably could have held on to and I always I always ask people when I sit down in fact I asked you Amber I said you know 20 years ago amber you know, what would you say that your dreams were? And we talked about that and it was fun, right? Because you, you actually got to revisit some of those. And I said, well, you know, how are you doing on, on, on the dream scale? And so, you know, what do you imagine the future would be like for those of our listeners out there? What do you want the future to be like for you? And, and don't worry about where you were. I mean, you, you might be 20 years old listening to this. You might be 40 years old. You might be 60 years old or older, but wherever you are, there's still a future for you. And my question for you today is, what does the future look like? What's ideal? And and I'm talking in all aspects of life, not just business, not just personal, but everything that you do. Do you understand your own goals and dreams? Have you written them down? In fact, Amber, tell, tell our audience why I believe that writing down your dreams is so important.
0: Well, I mean, if you don't write them down, it's really easy to forget them and then ignore them. I mean, writing them down makes it real. Writing it down is like a commitment to yourself of, this is something that I really hold true. Like, I really wanna see this happen. If you don't write it down, you can just pretend you never said it, especially if you're afraid it's not gonna happen.
1: (laughs) Well, that's right. And remember, we always said, um, Amber, you gotta write down the dreams so they become goals, which again comes back to what? Journaling, right? That's why it's so important to journal. How many times have you now looked back on your journal from a year ago, two years ago, and said, holy cow, that's what happened? I, I really romanticized that in my head and thought I was so much better than I really am, right? Or <laughs> or wow, I've really grown in that aspect. And yeah. what now I know by writing it down and what I wanted to accomplish, now I know that this is where where I need to be. So for our listeners out there, don't be discouraged. If your dream is distant and it's way out and you can almost kind of just barely see it because that's where it should be. That's why it's a dream. You know, we have short-term goals, we have long-term goals. And at the end of every year, I sit down and Amber, now I've taken you through this process several times and I know that pretty much when I give somebody uh, this homework, just like it was given to me uh, by Kevin years ago, even when I don't have people do that, do it with me, you know, and they move on, I'll talk to people years later and they will say, Mo, I still use the end of the year process. And what it is, it's it's a goal sheet. And it just says, hey, how was this past year? And what is coming up for this, this year coming up? So for instance, at the end of this past year, 2020, in December, you would have said, how was 2020? And man, I've had a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> reading all the 2020 goals um, that that I've been going through with people. And then it says, how do I want 2021 to look like? And so leaders, are you doing that out there? Because you need to both reflect and then you have to look out into the future. But that reflection piece really helps you to look in, into the future. And so let me tell you why it's important then to keep these short-term goals, these kind of um uh short about year-long goals all the way to the long-term perspective, which is this you can be a good leader without being a dreamer. You can not you can be a good leader without being a dreamer. Some people say, Well, Mo, I, I'm a I'm a good leader and I don't dream. Well, I'm sure you're a good leader. <laughs> I, I'm not doubting that. However, if you want to be a great leader, you have to be a dreamer. <laughs> you've got to have big dreams, you've got to have big goals. Think about it. Benjamin Franklin, the first American, Thomas Edison, Rosa Parks, Elon Musk. They all had huge dreams. Who are the dreamers that you know? I have dreamers in my life. People that I talk to just actually sit down over coffee and they tell me their dreams. And these are the people that I literally, Amber, will just kind of look at them and be like, holy cow, how do you think so far out? Because you know me, I'm a futuristic guy. I love looking at the future. And so I need to be around big dreamers. Well, leaders, you need to spend time with those dreamers because if you're not prone to the dream on your own,
0: then you need to get around people that that are. Okay, but, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we just talked about the people that maybe, you know, they had dreams. 10 20 years ago and they haven't seen any of those things happen and so they might be a little leery about dreaming or you meet those people that are just like head in the clouds sort of people where you know i can't help but think about the office and you know the episode of scott's tots where like (laughs)
1: yes oh my god if if you are an office fan and you don't think of Scott's tots and, and cringe, when you said that, I literally just cringed a little bit. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh,
0: I know because so Michael Scott, I mean, he is just the absolute dreamer. He's always dreaming up some other sort of plan or something, but he he promises these third graders that if they will just stick with school and graduate, he will pay for their college. Well. <laughs> it time goes by and here they are seniors and they want to bring him in and honor him. And he, he didn't have a plan. He didn't have any money. He can't pay for their college. And you just, you do, you watch the episode and you just cringe. But I think some people think of dreamers in that way. I mean, I think some of our listeners out there, they are thinking like, I want to dream bigger and that's exciting to them. But man, what do you do with those people where they're just like, I don't see dreams ever come true and I don't really want to hang out with people who make these big promises or have these big elaborate dreams and they're just going to end up being like Michael Scott. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well um I love the office uh, as uh, I know that you do as well and so many of our listeners do. <laughs> and Scott's toss is really just such a cringe-worthy um episode but it's so good cuz it just keeps you think it's going to get better and it just gets worse, right? Um but at least Michael Scott was a dreamer. Um and when Stanley laughs and he's like has that already been 10 years that that's like my favorite part when he just like gives that little chuckle. Um but you know I some people are and and so let, let me give you a a, a way to To maybe become a better dreamer how about we do that and so if you are not a dreamer and you want to get closer to um helping to even if your dreams are not huge but you want to start helping others um see your dreams do this here's the practical point become a storyteller (laughs) <laughs> you know, all great leaders are great storytellers because they they have to communicate the dream, right? And if you are, you know, kind of like, well, I need to get my head in the clouds a little bit, start telling stories, start thinking about the good things that are happening within your team. You know, it's one of the most powerful tools storytelling is because you have to learn how to, you know, effectively communicate and communicate communicate clearly, and that's the art of storytelling, right? I mean. What is your compelling purpose that you need everybody else to know? What are the things leaders that you're like, I really need people to understand this about me. These are the things that I see leadership. This is how I see the future. This is how I see my team. Because I'll tell you this stories are memorable stories, bring out the richness and the things that you believe uh, the, the principles of the company stories convey meaning stories stir up emotion and they make people inquisitive and that's how you want your people to to view you they want to see that you are thinking out in the future they want to know that they can focus on now because you are focusing on the things out in the distant future and so when you think about stories stories eventually you know they they captivate the heart you know they, they get others on board we talk about getting people on the bus all the time this is how you do that because when you start telling those stories, you're going to convey your dream and then you're, you're going to help people understand, boy, maybe I have a dream too. And let me tell you, when you get to that, to that point, oh man, when you can, when you can pull the dream out of other people, you're going to help them be performers. And then they're going to start being leaders.
0: Yeah, and and there's a fine line between being a great storyteller and and really, I think you used the word compelling purpose to, to talk about that. And that can be really encouraging to other people. And then there's that fine line of all you do is talk about yourself, which I think leads us into our second point. So the first point was great leaders promote the dream. But what's the second thing that great leaders promote?
1: Yeah, the second point is this great leaders promote the team. I mean, once you figure out that dream, now it's time for you to take the next step, which is if you want to be a leader, you have to have people that are on your side. And that's where your team comes in. Because leaders, you're only as good as the people on your team. Otherwise, you're just a great performer. And John Maxwell talks about this, the performance piece, being the first level of leadership, which which is not a bad thing. Because of course, you have to be good at what you do. You have to be a good performer. Because otherwise, people aren't going to want to follow you but at some point and relatively quick, you need to start building your team. Otherwise, you're not gonna be able to get very far. If you wanna be a good leader and eventually a great leader, you have to shift your focus, not just to the team, but effective teamwork. Focusing on this type of teamwork fosters two things, and here it is, higher productivity and loyalty among the people on your team. If you want higher productivity, you need to have a team. You need to have an effective team because you're going to get more out of all those people than just by yourself. It doesn't matter if you're just one person, then you're not going to be able to get as much done as you have a lot of people that that are going in the same direction. Which means that the second sub point of that was the loyalty among people on your team. They need to know that you are for them, that you're thinking about them, that you have their best interest in mind, because when they know that they're going to want to do well for you. Because teams that work well together will always produce better work and they'll, they'll have better results.
0: I know that that goes beyond just all the teamwork activities that we can find on the internet or, you know, taking your team to a team building retreat. So What does that really look like to foster effective teamwork, especially right now where so many of our teams, they're not even working in the same building together. How do you do that? How Do you foster that?
1: Yeah. I I just had a a conversation with a, a director at a company just yesterday about this very thing. And he was like, people are starting to come back to work and, we just really don't know how to do it. Is it, are they going to be hundred percent back? Are they going to be a hybrid? Is it going to be some people stay home and something? So they're trying to figure that out. And then he, he asked me, well, what about teamwork, Mo? <laughs> and I said, that's a great question. And you're going to have to figure that out. And let me tell you, Amber, for our people listening out there, if you want to be effective and if you want to be the go-to person in this next season coming up, if you learn how to, to build that teamwork with that kind of hybrid mentality you're gonna be as good as gold. People are gonna to wanna to bring you in and they're gonna to want to have you help their teams. And so that's what we've been really focusing on because the modern workplace, meaning what's going forward in 2021, is, you know, we 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 know that leaders that none of us are an island. You know, we can't do it by ourselves, but we did learn that we don't all have to be in the same building all the time. I mean, sometimes you have to be, depending on what, what the job is, but I have people on my team that are far away. Amber, you and I are in different locations and we're pretty much talking every single day and getting things done. Because at the present, like right now, about 50% of employees now are working remotely in some capacity because of the the changes this past year. And so the best leaders now in today's uh, workflow society, the best leaders are gonna use this new understanding of this understanding of workflow to help team members evolve within that process. And that's why this is the word collaboration. Collaboration is key. So leaders, do you communicate collaboration among your team?
0: Well, what do you mean? Do you communicate collaboration? Like how, how is that different than do you collaborate?
1: Yeah. Collaborating obviously is you have to, that's the no brainer part, right? Okay. Well, we've got to do this together, but leaders, you have to communicate that piece. You need to help them understand the importance of collaboration because what happens when people again are remote and and they're away from each other, they're just thinking, well, I just need to get, get, get my, my stuff done and I'll send that work in. And if everybody else, you know, does their stuff well, they may or they may not, but I've done mine. No leaders. You need to help people understand that what they are doing, whether it's, it's here in the workplace, or it is remotely that everything that they do has to be put into collaboration with other people. You can't just do your job and send it in. I mean, it would be nice, right? If everybody just did their job, right? And just send it in and like, okay, we're all good. No, it just, that's just not how the real world uh, works. You need to communicate your team, the importance of collaboration. And that's why communication is the key component. It should be a top priority and leaders. If you want to build a strong team, you need to do that. Another thing you need to foster is, is that sixth sense among your team members, because think about this, the best sports team eventually develop what, what we call the sixth sense, right? They, they can just kind of feel things. It's how people know how to pass the ball, uh, and you know, or, or, or know, well, I'm going to go to this person on the field or you're kind of just on the same wavelength. Well, it's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in the office. It's the same thing on your team, wherever you're at. Because within the workplace, you have to promote a willingness for people on the team to learn what it means to see what other people are thinking. You need to to help your team leaders, have, have the people on your team thinking about each other, because then they're going to start communicating better and faster and doing it in different ways. So develop that sixth sense if you haven't already. And also, teams that work well together develop a strong sense of accountability gosh i can't tell you how important that word accountability is i mean we are we are accountable to the people at work we want to be effective teams i need to know that my teammates are accountable to me and vice versa right teams are only as good as the sum of their parts and so what part do you play on your team (laughs) we all play a different part and pulling your weight is important because if you don't do that the rest of the team is going to end up losing if i'm playing right field for a baseball team and I don't do my job and I, I drop the ball, well, then I'm not pulling my weight, right? And so um, Jocko Willing uh, writes a great book and this is our, our book recommendation for the day. And Amber, you know, this is seriously like, I know I say every book's my favorite, but this is like my favorite book right now, right? It's called Extreme Ownership. And he talks about something called Log PT. And for anybody who has uh, ever known what Navy SEALs do and, and, and if you've never seen it, just YouTube it. They do what's called log PT and everything that they do for their physical fitness, which is uh, uh, what PT stands for. Um, I know it doesn't really work with the the letters, but that's what it means. So the the physical fitness, um, they do everything with with a log and it's a big heavy log and it's a big heavy log because in the Navy SEALs, they want you to know you are not going to do anything by yourself. Everything is done as a team. And if you can learn as a team how to move that log wherever Um, your cadre, which is the people in charge, need you to go and what you need to do, then you're going to be successful. But if you don't pull your weight, that log gets heavier for everybody else. I mean, it is such a great way to to look at life. And if you look at your team that way and think, I I need to do two things. I need to pull my weight, you know, within that log PT within my team um, at the office, but also I need to help the team go wherever it needs to go. I mean, it's incredible. And so leaders, you have to help your team keep a pulse on what's going on you know, what's happening around your office, what's happening around your workplace? Do you know what's going on in the lives of your team? Do you know who, who has a, a, a little spat? You know, do you know who gets along well and who doesn't? Because your job is to improve your team as a whole. I mean, as, as a, a unit, you need to help them get better. So here's the question. Did the people on your team at any time understand what they're supposed to do? And do your uh, the, do your team members know today what they're supposed to do? Do they know what they're supposed to be contributing? Because if you help them understand what they need to be contributing individually, then they can put all those pieces together and then make it into teamwork, and that's effective teamwork. So, Amber, I think it's important for for all of our leaders to know that that within the the team piece. Leaders, we make our our money, our bread and butter is helping the team come together. We communicate that collaboration. So I I hope that kind of uh, works it out a little bit. If I need to be, uh, if I need to bring clarity, let me know, because I can.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I just think it's interesting. I mean, I I remember when you asked me to read Extreme Ownership and I was like, I don't want to read a book about the Navy SEALs. (laughs) But I read that book and just was, my eyes were open to, wow, there's just so much about, really the idea of ownership of like, this is my team. And how, how do I take responsibility for it? And what does that do? When if I, as a leader, am doing that, what does that um, impart to the team? And how does that change and shape the team? So it, Well, it's and Amber, you, you, you
1: actually really kind of got a new understanding of what extreme ownership meant for you as a leader. Can, can you share that just just real quick with everybody on on how you started viewing life with your team in extreme ownership kind of fashion?
0: the biggest thing that that book helped me understand was that I really can't expect anything from my team that I'm not willing to do myself. And I, I think we all understand that at some level of like, of course we, we need to model what it is that we want our team to do. But what I wasn't modeling was how do you do it when it's really tough and really hard? And when there are a lot of excuses, you know, we talk about excuses all the time and how do I model, I'm not going to accept an excuse as the final answer. And that, That's that's the, that's what taking ownership for me was all about. And what I got to help other people understand of we're in this together and we're not going to let an excuse stop us.
1: Wonderful. I love it. Thank you.
0: So we're, we're about the, at the end of this episode. So before we go, Mo, what are your final thoughts for our listeners today?
1: I would leave you with this leaders. You've got to have both. You've got to have the dream and you've got to have the team. And so where are you lacking? Are you a big dreamer, but you don't have the team? Or are you great at teamwork, but you just don't have the dream because you got to have both. You can't just have one. And so, you know, sit down, write write on a piece of paper, dream and team and write out what the dream is and be very specific about it. And then on the other side, write down the people that are your teammates, the ones that you have, and also put a little line at the bottom and people that you would like to have on your team. Those are the people that I'm always excited uh, to to know because I'm like, there's somebody out there that's going to help me get closer to the dream. And I don't even know who that person is and, and and they're going to hopefully be on my team one day, but I, but I have to know what that dream is. I need to know who the team is so that I can know what the next part in the process is for me.
0: Yeah, and don't be afraid of the Michael Scotts out there because they do keep us dreaming.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Michael Scott's the best. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, everybody, that brings us to the end of this episode. So thank you for joining us today with the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.